Hello, and welcome to Endpoint Management Today, the Big Fix podcast. My name is Rhonda Student Kaiser, and I'm the Director of Customer Experience for Big Fix. And I am James Stewart, Big Fix Field Automation Engineer. So we have the honor today to be talking to Dante Fasciani. Dante is a product owner for the Big Fix platform and cloud, and he is part of our Big Fix development team in Rome, Italy. And as you can imagine, everybody wants to go visit Dante. So we can't wait for this COVID thing to get going and get out of here so we can go see Dante again. Hi, Dante. Thanks for being with us today. Hello, guys. Uh, nice, Nice to be here today. Thanks a lot for inviting me. So Dante, tell us a little bit about how you got your start in IT. I started in IT in uh, year 2000, so lots of time ago now, actually. And uh, my very first job was uh, uh, on speech recognition. So I was developing speech recognition technologies for embedded and uh, IVR systems. And uh, that was uh, actually a nice work. Uh, was giving me the opportunity to continue uh, doing what I was doing at the, at the university. And uh, at the same time, I was um, able to learn new technology, operating system, programming languages. So it was a very good job. And uh, the, the other nice part of this job was that uh, I was really part of a global team. So we were different countries uh, working together. Uh, each country was focusing on its own uh, language. Uh, but at the end of the day, we were, we were using the same set of tools and uh, technologies. So I could have the opportunity to uh, meet uh, different people around the world and also to travel around the world a lot uh, because we used to meet on a regular basis with all these other different teams. And so pretty good experience. So what do you think of the recent sort of explosion of speech recognition being used everywhere these days? Yeah, I, at the time I was working on this, it was uh, not uh, very popular yet on all these embedded and, and IVR devices. Uh, nowadays, the situation is, is pretty different. It's uh, really uh, something that can make the difference in lots of aspects of our uh, interaction with uh, with technology. So I think that's, that's really making a difference and uh, uh, something that is going to be very powerful and uh, uh, will enable lots of new uh, scenarios and uh, possibilities. Yeah, exactly. What what does IVR stand for in this? It's uh, interactive voice uh, response. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's really in line with what we're doing these days with uh, all of our smart devices. Um, it's a, exactly. kind of a really significant thing. Exactly. So what did you do? So what did you do after that uh, speech recognition work? Yeah, after that work, I I moved to a different role, uh, mainly to a customer-facing role. Uh, I was working as an IT architect and was basically developing solutions uh, for a set of uh, specific products uh, based on customer requests. So we were uh, adding functionality, uh, so based on what customers were asking uh, that were not present in the original uh, in the original product. So uh, this was another uh, good job. Uh, it was uh, giving me the opportunity to interact with customers, uh, interface with them, collect requirements, and then turn uh, those into solutions. So, so, so were those solutions like uh, consulting and integration type stuff? 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, consulting uh, was uh, mainly related to understanding what type of the product um, was, what, what, where the product was not providing the functionality that the customer uh, was needing. So what, which functionality were not present out of the box, uh, let me say. And then there was uh, also the part uh, to design the solution that uh, could meet uh, the customer requirements. Very cool. So how did you wind up at Big Fix? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> such, a, such a convoluted question, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I... Uh, after that role, I moved in a customer support organization, uh, and that was not yet with Big Fix. I was working on other products. And then eventually, in year 2014, uh, I joined uh, the Big Fix team, and I joined the team as Level 3 and the QA manager. So uh, as you know, the Level 3 team is the one that is working with the customer support team, uh, to handle those tickets that require a more deep investigation or that require access to the code or code fixes. And uh, at that time, uh, the Big Fix platform team um, was uh, following an approach where the level three team was shared with the development team. So, and my goal when I joined the team was uh, to create a structured team uh, specific to level three. So, uh, so that uh, we could eventually improve customer satisfaction and efficiencies by having a single team that was dedicated to handle customer issue. And that, that, was, that is how I joined the Big Fix team. And that was my very first experience with, the, with, the, with Big Fix. Very cool. Uh, so over the past seven years you've been working with Big Fix, what were some of your surprises with it? What did you first find interesting about Big Fix itself? Well, several things actually, uh, but uh, I think the very first one uh, was uh, related to the experience with the product. So how uh, easy, uh, for example, was to install and uh, deploy the product. So that was something that was pretty different with respect to my previous experience. Uh, where I had uh, been working with products that uh, were pretty complex to set up, install, deploy, that required lots of uh, uh, time and, uh, and skills uh, by uh, IT specialists and things like that. Uh, with Big Fix, this was pretty different because you would straight away uh, install and uh, deploy the product. So that was a, a, a huge a huge difference. Uh, at the same time, it was really uh, great uh, and to understand how the product was wide in terms of uh, use cases that he could handle, in terms of customer scenario that he could handle, and how powerful uh, the product was. So uh, these were really two um, nice surprises I had when I joined the team. And actually, the fact the product was so wide was also a bit of a challenge at, a challenge at the beginning because uh, when you are in, in level three, you really require a broad knowledge uh, of the product. You really uh, have to deal with uh, so many different uh, issues coming from customers that are using the product in a completely different ways. So you're really exposed to a number of uh, use cases and scenarios that are pretty different. And it's key that uh, your knowledge of the product is also 
uh, wide so that you can uh, deal better with these type of situations. Yeah, I mean that. I mean that's one of the biggest gifts, but it's also one of the yeah, like like you said, it makes it somewhat difficult to not difficult. It just makes it challenging to learn. You have to really want yeah. to learn and and kind of go to the next level, right? So, um, I I don't know if you've ever heard this. People who listen to our podcast probably <laughs> probably have, but I always talk about big fix like archaeology. You know, you 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 take off the first layer of dirt and you get an idea of what's there and then you take that stuff up and then you take off the next layer of dirt and then there's a whole nother a whole nother level that you didn't even know yeah. existed so um it's it's what makes it so powerful um sometimes it makes it a little bit more challenging to find but certainly gives us um a way more power than than a lot of other similar tools just because of you know the ability to write a new analysis, find new properties, find, you know, new information about the endpoints, you know, go after a particular file in a particular location. Yeah, it's pretty right. awesome. Right. right. Well, and also, like, you don't necessarily need to have, like, you don't need to be a database expert to use BigFix day-to-day, but if you're going to support it and optimize it or, you know, make sure it's running at its best. Like you, there's a lot of stuff you might need to know about databases, um, you know, as far as big fix goes. So it's just interesting, like how many different pieces of the puzzle there are to deal with in terms of, you know, if you want to go down the path of creating custom content that can go really deep and be very similar to programming. Um, You know, there's many different areas to cover that you can become an expert in and um, go real deep on if you want. Right. And certainly when I started using the tool, I was really, you know, at the very highest level. It's like, what patches need to go out this week? What patches, you know, how how are the patches doing this week? You know, that kind of thing. Um, and certainly from, you know, 2012, when I started, you know, barely using the product to today, my, uh, you know, what what I've been able to achieve, you know, from, from big fixes, you know, it's only grown. So it's super exciting. <laughs> So Dante, what's your favorite part of Big Fix? What keeps you engaged with Big Fix? Yeah, there, there are several uh, parts that I like uh, about Big Fix. Uh, but if I had to do a ranking, I would definitely put uh, the team and the work environment at the, the first position. So we'll, we all know that's, uh, that's very key um, in, in a job. And uh, with Big Fix, I really found uh, this as an item that is making the difference. So uh, the fact that uh, the team is, uh, is, is made up by so uh, great and smart people, the level of cooperation and trust that we have in the team, the level of skills and experience that, uh, that you can find in this team is, is really, to me, making a great, uh, a great difference and is keeping me engaging, engaged and motivated. Um, and also the fact that the team is really a global team. So the fact that you uh, are exposed to so many different people with so many different uh, perspectives. So that's that's really uh, another important aspect to me. And the good thing here uh, is that this type of this type of feedback is not only coming uh, from my side. Uh, if I also hear. Uh, people in the team, in my team, or um, new eyes that are joining our organization, and I hear this this same feedback, which is very good and important to me because it really 
confirms the fact that this is part of the culture of the of the team. It's not just myself, and so that's really important and amazing to me. It's definitely what made me want to join Big Fix many years ago. Um, yeah, for sure. I agree, and I and I also think that you know um, it's probably a, a frequent theme of our conversations on our podcast. But you know, when we think of our team, I don't think we just talk about the people who receive a paycheck from Big Fix. You know, our engagement with our customers um, is another really big differentiator in my mind. And 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 there's a lot of people out there that you know. They're, they're out there on the forums or they're, you know, putting content on, on Big Fix Me or whatever. But I really feel like they're part of our team just as much as the people who are, you know, sitting in the Realm Development team or, you know, in Emeryville, wherever they wherever they may be. Um, those other those customers out there are just as much in, and just as integral to our successes as we are. Yeah. So we have like a globally distributed team and all of these different teams kind of work together and, um, you know, connect with one another, help each other. So there's a lot of that going on, but then there's also the interaction with customers. That's pretty key as well. That's very similar kind of like collaboration and engagement. You know, there's a lot of customers that we work with quite often and engage with very often. And that's really awesome. And then there's our customers that are making cool stuff for a big fix as well that, and putting it out there. So that's even a kind of a, a part of the bigger whole. Absolutely. So Dante, so we introduced you and we said you're the product owner for platform and cloud, but what does that really mean? What what are your day-to-day responsibilities and and what do you what do you do on a daily basis? Yeah, sure. So uh, this means uh, being responsible for all the different uh, development activities. Uh, so from the initial phase, when you uh, work on the different requirements and uh, uh, in, in, uh, um, in the prioritization of the different requirements in cooperation with the product managers, uh, to the subsequent phases, so, so to the planning, uh, development, and uh, toward the, the, end of the, the end phase where you have to release what we have actually built as a development team. So it's uh, being, uh, it's working on all these different aspects. Uh, so from uh, uh, the initial phase uh, of requirement prioritization to the final phase when you actually deliver uh, a new platform or cloud uh, release and make available that to the field. And uh, last but not least, it's, it's also keeping all the stakeholders uh, informed and uh, uh, updated on what's going on. So as you know, the platform is the infrastructure that uh, all the different teams and applications are using. So it's key uh, to have all the different team members up to date with what is happening on the platform with the new changes that are uh, coming so that uh, we can ensure that all the application and, uh, and the ecosystem uh, that uh, is based on the platform itself can uh, work properly and uh, implement all the different functionalities that are requested by customers. So Big Fix uh, working with cloud endpoints is like a really big feature of um, Big Fix V10. And there's a whole lot of development being put around it and a whole lot coming with it. But what gets you excited about Big Fix in the cloud specifically? <laughs> yeah, so the, the cloud is actually something very uh, relevant, uh, and uh, that's a journey that we started, as you say, James, with the uh, Big Fix V10. And yeah, as we know, uh, 
lots of enterprises are moving uh, their IT infrastructure from uh, on-premise data center to the cloud. And uh, they are doing this using providers like Azure, AWS, or Google. And some of the organizations are also using a multi-cloud strategy. So they are leveraging on multiple uh, providers. Uh, this is uh, all good, but at the same time, it's raising new challenges in managing uh, security and staying compliant. So, for example, uh, each of these cloud providers is making available a set of services or, and management tools, uh, but the organization are struggling to adopt those, especially uh, when you are in a multi-cloud scenario that you have to, uh, where you have to adopt uh, tools from different providers. And also the, the flexibility uh, by which our development team or operations team can create virtual machine is, is also very good. But at the same time, uh, if you uh, think about the IT teams, this is raising challenges so that these teams need to have a quick visibility of all the different cloud workloads. And last but not least, the hybrid, hybrid environments. That's another uh, good thing. Uh, most, so most several companies are, are using a, a mix of cloud and on-premise uh, environments. But uh, that's, again, something that customers have to manage. So it's key uh, that uh, an endpoint management solution uh, can help organization to handle this type of complexity, this type of, of scenario. And that's... As I was saying, the journey that we started with BigFix10 and the multi-cloud solution, uh, where we have uh, extended uh, the uh, well-established endpoint management capabilities of BigFix to handle uh, multi-cloud uh, scenarios. So to provide a single solution for uh, organization to identify, manage, and secure workload across uh, multiple clouds. Uh, with the a uh, single panel plus so with a single solution that can help uh, handle the complexity and the different uh, providers that uh, customers might deal with. So that's uh, something where I actually investing a lot of time uh, because uh, we are uh, continuing to improve uh, our solution to add uh, new functionalities, new capabilities uh, based on the request from uh, customers that are adopting uh, our solution and based on the feedback that we are uh, getting from, uh, from them. So that's uh, one of the big focus areas for me at the moment in the context of cloud. Well, and right now, BigFix V10 can sort of pull in data from all of these different sources uh, today, but um, what I didn't realize is that we're already moving f- past that in the latest release of Big Fix to the point where you can also deploy the agent to these cloud devices in, in some cases, um, so that then you can have both the you know cloud API inventory, but also native agent capabilities. And so we're starting. It seems like we're starting to push more and more into using like the actual cloud APIs itself to not just inventory devices, but actually do new things. Exactly, exactly. Which is very cool. Yeah, and that's what we I mean, just uh, released very recently, so exactly. Yeah, so we talk about like hybrid environments where you have some devices in a data center and some devices in the cloud, and BigFix allows you to like bridge that and have all those devices all into the same environment. But 
We also have the the sort of hybrid management capabilities where you can have some devices that are only managed through cloud APIs and some devices that are managed through only big fix agent, and then some devices that are managed by both. And so right. you have a, a, a hybrid management opportunity there as well. Exactly. Very cool. So um, I, I imagine that you have a life outside of big fix. Um, what do you, what do you like to do that, uh, uh, that keeps you, uh, grounded so that you can give your efforts back into, uh, into the product? What do you do when you want to disconnect from technology? Yeah, I would say definitely outdoor activities. Uh, so those are the activities that I uh, like in particular. I usually go for running, mountain biking or hiking. And uh, that's really depend on the time that uh, that I have available, so and on the weather. So, uh, if the time is not enough, you cannot go for a long ride with a mountain bike. So it's enough just go for a run. Uh, and otherwise, uh, if there is uh, good weather, uh, I I tend to go uh, for long rides rides with the, with the mountain bikes with my friends. And that's. What really uh, gives me the opportunity to disconnect a bit of technology and uh, uh, enjoy the, the nature and the countryside. So when you when you go mountain biking, do you try to find like new trails and new things to check out each time, or do you have like favorites? Like, do you try to mix it up, or I, I, a little bit of both? Yeah, I try to mix it up. I have some favorite ones, but uh, I also like to explore new paths. Uh, and that's what uh, you can do also from home. Uh, you actually uh, Google a bit and find uh, new paths, new trails, and then you go and, and try it out. So that's that's also funny. Uh, do you do you use the Google Maps feature where it'll tell you like the elevation along your path and stuff like that to try to plan out? Um different rides and stuff like that? Yeah, if I explore new paths, I, I, I do that. Uh, and that's that's very useful also to, to understand what you're going to meet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how well that works in Italy, but I know I've looked at that where you can actually have like a, a bike directions in Google Maps and it will actually tell you like how difficult of a ride it's going to be and stuff as well. And it all also like suggest alternative routes that are maybe less difficult as well in some cases which is really fascinating exactly yeah you have to be careful sometimes <laughs> yeah for sure yeah and then you know uh, well out here uh, on the west coast where i live you know we we use some other kinds of um not specifically google but some other you know GPS type apps that uh, that allow you to uh, like download your trails, uh, so you can plan them ahead, and then you download the trail onto your onto your phone or whatever, so that you know where you're going to go because <laughs> you're hiking out in the wilderness and you might have not have you know local signals. So yeah, it's it's really it's really you know uh, it's always good to know and be prepared <laughs> for what's lying in front of you. <laughs> yeah, that's really important when you're actually on the hike or run or bike that you have that stuff offline because you can't be sure that you're going to have you know cell phone reception so that that's always a bummer if that happens get stuck without directions uh, google maps will let you download that stuff offline now but it's really only drive like regular driving directions i don't think it'll do other stuff but at least you can see it on the map offline 
but you have to like plan ahead for that. Do you ever do the kind of mountain biking where you like carry on, you know, your tent and, and like sort of camping gear and then ride from place to place? Or do you just mostly like go out for sort of a day and then, then head home? Yeah. I, I usually go for a day, not, uh, not for that long. We've been watching um, this uh, show on Apple. Well, it doesn't matter. It's called The Long Way Up, and it's uh, uh, and it's these guys. Uh, one of whom uh, is Ewan McGregor from Star Wars and other things, mm-hmm. and he and his buddy. Um, this is actually the third one, but they ride from the tip of South America to Los Angeles on electric motorcycles. Oh, oh yeah, I've heard about this. And it's really quite fascinating to, you know, the the preparation of, you know, you can't just, well, especially with electric bikes to these days, because, you know, not everywhere has the same charging capabilities and things like that. But uh, it's quite interesting to to see them, you know, planning their route. Um, the first one that they did is called The Long Way Around, and they rode from London um, around the world to New York. Um, mm. They They flew from... Russia to Alaska and then down through Canada and into the States. Um, but they re- rode through Mongolia and uh, China and all these different places. And, uh, you know, they're just the, the, I, you know, how much you have to have like in advance. And the first one they did was in 2004. So of course, GPS and things like that were, was much different than it is now. We've mapped so much more of the world. So there's a lot more that's known, but you still can't, be prepared for everything. So it's quite interesting <laughs> and has nothing to do with big fix, but you know, <laughs> it sounds like one of those really amazing things to do that. I don't know that I like, like theoretically I want to do that, but I don't know that I really want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and you know, and they're both married. So it's quite funny when, you know, they're like interviewing their wives as they're about to set out on these adventures and kind of the thoughts of their wives as they're going away for, you know, three months to, to ride their motorcycles, you know, around the world or whatever. And, uh, you know, how many, how many miles you have to do every day, how long you need to give yourself to cross like China or Russia. Um, you know, it's, it's really fascinating. And then the, the whole nother level of things like with the electric bikes, like, um, needing the bikes to be warm enough that the batteries can charge and things like that just really boggles your mind. (laughs) Do you ever see yourself doing something that ambitious, Dante, with a <laughs> vacation? <laughs> I would say no. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Well, Dante, this has been really great. And it's been really uh, fascinating to learn more about uh, your your work in cloud and your history, getting to be where you are with Big Fix. So thanks very much for joining us today. Thank you guys for inviting me. It was really a pleasure. Yep, thanks for taking the time. Uh, and thanks for joining us today on Endpoint Management Today. The podcast is a brainchild of James Stewart and Rhonda Stunick-Kaiser. The program is edited by me and original music from Dan Corcoran, PF specialist and all-around renaissance man. 